He is risen. Doesn't get old, does it? <laughs> um, once again, we are privileged to have Pastor Moreno joining us by video uh, from Djibouti. I know that he is getting anxious to get back. I got an email from him last week. It was rather lengthy. Usually his emails are not. You can tell that, that he's wanting to get back here and be with us. I think just in the same way as we are anxious to have him back uh, in our community again, welcoming him. It's not long. Um, but again, today we're in the season of Easter and we get to hear the, the message of, of Christ risen from the dead from our pastor. Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, so, Pastor Marino back again and talking to you about Easter fire. Uh, so the text that we shared in this uh, Sunday services is that of the amazed disciples in Luke chapter 24. And uh, what I want to do is I want to use that text as a springboard to talk about the opportunities God has given both to you and to me that we might be a blessing not only to him, but to so many others. Uh, so today, uh, well tonight actually, I am here recording in the evening. Uh, we've got the uh, chapel is just over this away and my office is just over that away. Um, and uh, uh, while I'm recording tonight, you're going to hear some different sounds and so uh, bear with me on that. Uh, but as we, uh, as we look at this text, I want you to know that there's something powerful, something wonderful, something great about what God is doing here. And, and Jesus does what he does, and he invites the Emmaus disciples to join him as he goes about his work of letting everybody know that he is risen, knowing that there is redemption and life in his name. Now, you may notice, other than recording in the evening, I'm rocking my Casas por Cristo shirt. Uh, because we've had groups the last couple years go down to Juarez, uh, right, into Mexico, and build a house. And the whole idea is we're following God where he leads, we're serving, we're blessing others. And so uh, I, that's going to be a, a strong theme in our service tonight. So we pray that it's a great one for you. So I want to start, though, by talking about actually an experience I had in Florida. Uh, as many of you know, I served churches in Florida for about 17 years before I came to Colorado. And one of the uh, wonderful opportunities I had while I was in Colorado or in Florida was to go down to the Keys a few times. And I really enjoyed the Keys. Um, it's beautiful, it's peaceful. But when you get um, from Marathon and you're going a little bit farther south in the Keys, I think it's to Duck Island Key, there's what they call the Seven Mile Bridge. So this Seven Mile Bridge is exactly what it purports to be. It's uh, basically you and water for seven miles, and you're driving your car and hoping that the bridge holds. Um, I get a little nervous about it, but, uh, but by and large, obviously, it's fine. Uh, if it was good enough for uh, the movie True Lies, because they use that bridge in that movie, and also Fast and the Furious, I don't know if it was number one or three or 567, because they won't stop making those movies. Maybe if we stop watching those movies, they'll, yeah. Anyway, I digress. So this Seven Mile Bridge, the reason why I'm talking about it is because the Emmaus disciples, uh, their journey from where they started to where they ended was seven miles. And if you've ever walked or ran that distance, you know it just kind of seems to keep on going. And, and so for those seven miles, those Emmaus disciples got to hear all about um, well, Jesus, from Jesus. Now, they didn't quite know that, of course, and we know that from the text, but um, as they were walking, 
um, you know, they, they, they were downtrodden, and, and Jesus says, well, what, what's wrong? And they're like, what, have you not, have you been under a rock? <laughs> he was actually behind one, but whatever. Uh, so they, they couldn't believe he didn't know the story, and so they tell the passion narrative. I mean, they, they, they actually do a really good job. It's really powerful. They're hitting all the high points. They're nailing the details, and they're telling the guy who lived it. And, uh, and, and it's amazing, I think. It's actually really beautiful to think about that moment where the disciples, uh, these Emmaus disciples, are telling Jesus exactly how it was. But something that we learn pretty quickly is that they know the story, but they don't know the Savior. And unfortunately, I think that's a problem that so many uh, Christians have, where we're really good at some of the head knowledge stuff, maybe, but we let it stop there. We don't really push it farther. We don't really explore. We don't really go out and live it. And so uh, I think that has a lot to do with what it means to know who Jesus is, to join with him as he goes about the task and the work of what it means for the world to know he is Lord. And so uh, these disciples, they know the story, but, but they don't notice the Savior. They don't, their eyes are hidden uh, from seeing Jesus, from knowing and recognizing who he is, and Jesus' response is really powerful to these disciples. Um, he says, didn't you hear? Didn't you listen? Don't you know these things are the ones that are supposed to happen? And so from that very moment, he, he kind of opens up scriptures, right? And he goes back into the Old Testament, and he walks these uh, Emmaus disciples through this text. And, you know, I think all of us uh, have different images and stories of the Bible that really stick in our head. It really resonates with us. And we kind of think, man, wouldn't it be great if I could have witnessed that, or I could have seen it, I could have been part of it, I could have just listened, that would have been amazing. And so, um, while the disciples didn't know that Jesus had joined them, he indeed had, and he began to tell them and teach them. And uh, while all of that kind of uh, comes together, something that's pretty powerful and pretty obvious in the text is that Jesus shared what may, may very well have been the very greatest Bible study ever, the very best sermon ever, he pours out and he lets them know exactly what God has been up to. You see, because there were times when the Israelites didn't know exactly where God was going and, and really where their role was in that, but, but God had joined them and he had given a vision and they followed and they walked. Now they fell into sin, but God built in ways in which they might have forgiveness and restoration. And so it is with us New Testament believers. We um, follow, we pray, we join Jesus as he leads us where he's wanting us to go. And, and we're going to sin, we're going to fall. And, and, and instead of sacrifices or making new covenants with us, through his son Jesus, we have life and forgiveness and redemption. So that's what picks us up, that's what dusts us off, that's what sends us back on our way. So I guess um, as I think about it, there's a few questions that kind of pop into my mind and things that I wonder about. And that is, um, when you have those moments where God has been strangely silent, when you have those moments where um, you're not sure if you're walking with him anymore, you're not sure because there's been a lack of affirmation in your life, in your faith, um, one of the things that we look at is um, what do we do with our life and our faith when we feel far from God? And this text actually gives us some wonderful insight into what those steps might very well be. Uh, because um, I, I start off with this idea of a bridge, 
right? The Southern Mile Bridge there in Florida. And I drove over that thing a few different times. Um, and I always just stood in, in wonder and I uh, marveled at the engineering feat and, and all that kind of stuff. But one thing that I notice uh, when I think about this idea of bridge is that it's not unique to Florida. It's not unique to America. It's, right, bridges have been around for a long time. And, and I think a way that God invites us to envision his son Jesus is that of a bridge or a ladder. Right? We can go back into the Old Testament and we can see Jacob, right, his vision of that ladder. And he saw angels ascending and descending upon it. And, um, you know, many of us, many, many theologians, many believers look at that text and say, gosh, that is a wonderful uh, image, a prefiguring of Jesus and his work. Because the very bridge or the very ladder that we speak about, what gulfs that separation from us and from God is, is not a physical ladder or a physical bridge at all. It's, it's the person, work, life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who bridges the gap. He is the one who uh, joins heaven and earth. He is the one who does what we cannot uh, and we're not able to do. He's the one who works life, forgiveness, and salvation for us. That's what the message of Holy Week is, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and certainly Easter Sunday. And every time we gather, it's a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. And that's exactly what this is. In this moment, Jesus is walking with those Emmaus disciples, and as he walks with, him, with them, he is pouring out the gospel in a beautiful, powerful way. And I love that uh, he himself is that bridge. He is the one, when, when these guys felt troubled, when they felt uncertain, when they knew a lot, but they couldn't connect the dots, Jesus was the one who didn't chastise them for it, but he walked with them. He walked with them, right? He, he spent time with them. He loved them. He was patient with them. And while we don't know everything that they said, I can only imagine how amazing it must have been for them to have experienced that. And it says that they get to where they're going, right, to Emmaus, and uh, Jesus acted as if he was going to go on a little bit further. And they said, hey, man, it's late. Come on over here. Just get something to eat. Maybe you can stay here tonight. And then in the morning, you know, we'll send you on the way. But you know, I I'm sure there was hospitality there, but also just a, a desire, a hunger to hear more from Jesus, to hear uh, what he has to say to them. And so, um, so Jesus uh, obliges, and he goes in, and he sits down, and, and, and it says that when he broke bread... That's when their eyes were opened, and that's when they figured out who Jesus was. And, uh, and, and they say, right, that beautiful thing, were not our hearts burning within us? And, right, and this is Easter fire. This is absolutely Easter fire. To have these two people who were so dejected, right, and that's the way Jesus found them on the road. They were dejected. And where does he take them? He takes them through God's word. He walks alongside them for seven miles. And, and, and eventually, what, where he gets to is leading them to realize he is risen. And they are excited. They're so excited, in fact, that Jesus is revealed to them and all of a sudden he's gone. So they, what do they do? They throw their shoes back on and they go seven miles back the way they came just to tell everybody what they'd experienced. What would it look like if you and I got that excited and worked up about our Lord Jesus Christ, that we would walk seven miles and then seven miles more. 
What would it look like if you and I knew that there is a bridge, that we aren't separated from the Father forever, and that through Jesus Christ we have love, forgiveness, and mercy? What would that church look like? What would that family look like? What would this world look like if we lived that way? I'm kind of worked up. I don't know if it's uh, preaching later at night or what the deal might be. Uh, maybe getting closer to the end of my tour. But I am so excited about the fact that our church wants to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not content to just sit back and um, do maintenance. Uh, we're pushing. I haven't been there for a long time, and we've been pushing. And God may have some incredible things for us here in the very near future. I know he does, and we're going to keep pushing. And it's not because we are just uh, industrious. I mean, I think we are, but I think it's because the Spirit's leading us. I, I know that. I, I believe that God's Spirit is leading us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. No excuses and pulling no punches. So I am so excited that we are engaging in joining Jesus on his mission. I'm so excited that we as a congregation are going to be very intentional and we are going to just bathe this thing in prayer. We are going to spend time in his word and we are gonna look at what it means, not for us to manufacture our own opportunities, but what it means for us to simply meet Jesus, join him as he's prepared all sorts of opportunities for us. The possibilities are limitless. And texts like this, Easter fire, absolutely highlight that for us. So I pray that God would lead you not only to trust him and to believe in him, but I also pray that God would lead you to be part of our effort to join Jesus on his mission, to share this beautiful, timeless gospel that needs nothing added and it needs nothing taken away from it. Just the gospel is more than enough. How wonderful would it be if as our congregation continued to do this, God gave us more and more opportunity to join in the different ways he's at work in and around Monument, Colorado Springs, El Paso County, Colorado, even all the way out to Africa. Who knows where this will go but God, and that's exactly who needs to know where this is going to go. Uh, I'm going to sign off, as I often do, just with a word of gratitude, not only to the staff and to our congregational leaders, but to you also, family of Christ. Uh, I get emails, I get packages, I try to write thank yous for all those things uh, and emails, but uh, you guys have absolutely uh, loved me, supported me, and encouraged me as I serve uh, God and his people, and especially out here in Africa. So uh, my prayer is that God would hold you in his hands and that we would all join Jesus on his mission. To the glory of God, in Jesus' name, amen.